How are you? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, I just I was just catching up on news. I saw uh, the Duke of Edinburgh is going to be in hospital for several days. Oh yeah. I tweeted about the crown once, and now I get news about the royal family on my Twitter. So <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know what the Duke of Edinburgh is. He that's um, Prince Philip, the husband of the Queen. Oh, okay. He's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, the guy's 99 years old. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm okay. not even sure he's technically alive, but... Right. <laughs> who Who is at that point? <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, even the queen herself is, what, 94? 94. Yeah, and I, th- I think she's o- older than 94 now. I just looked Let's it see. up. It says, it says April 21st, 1926. Which says, so oh, that's so. saying 94. So almost ninety five. Almost ninety five. I think I think the Queen Mother lived to be like a hundred and one. So wow. she's got good. I guess you know, uh, sitting on your butt doing nothing most of your life and avoiding any kind of work or hard labor does that to you. I guess so. I'm joking. I'm sure the Queen. Maybe works. that's what I should do. You you think you want to be the king? Yeah, I could be a king. I think I'd be a great king. What would you do as king? Nothing. Exactly. That's why I'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The, the best king does absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we just hit uh, season four of The Crown, which is the most recent season. It's the Princess Diana slash Margaret Thatcher season. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure this is going to be a whirlwind. Yeah, I know they, they did a really good job on casting uh, Princess Diana. The whole show is is very well cast. I mean, uh, yeah. even even in season one with with Matt Smith as the Duke of Edinburgh, mm-hmm. uh, just looks great. And then in then even when they when they age up, every, every two years they change the cast because they're yeah. getting, they're getting older. And then even when they do, it's like you know I see how he kind of looks like an older Matt Smith, but also looks like a younger uh, Prince Phil, like the the real guy. You know, right? That's um, good. They, yeah, they do a good job. In fact. Um, they, you know, Olivia Coleman is playing, uh, the, or just finished her two seasons of the of the Crown as Queen Elizabeth, uh, and I looked up who the who they they cast as the Queen for seasons five and six. Do you know? No, I, I honestly thought the show was over. <laughs> oh no, no, they're doing they're doing two more. Um, no, for for the next two, the last I think it's gonna be the last two seasons. As Queen Elizabeth, they cast uh, the woman who plays Dolores Umbridge, which oh my God. I think is going to be amazing. <laughs> That'll probably be fantastic. <laughs> I don't think I've seen her in anything else. I, I haven't either. That's kind of why I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I wonder if people will have a hard time with that. They, expect, they just expect her to be like an evil grouch. I kind of thought I would have a hard time with uh, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, but like as soon as she started talking, I'm like, yeah, she, this is a good, this is a good Thatcher. Like I can, I can mm-hmm. ease into this. Like I thought I would have there a hard time with when they changed all the actors. Like, oh, am I going to be able to get used to a new person is the queen, a new person is the prince, and Princess Margaret is a different, you know, in in seasons three and four, Princess Margaret is p- played by Helena Bonham Carter, which is amazing. And I thought like, oh, it's going to be weird to have to think of, you know. The, the woman from Sweeney Todd and all the all the Tim Burton things as Princess Margaret and it's like no she fits right in like they all do a great job it's a real it's a really good show hmm and it lives up to the hype is basically what I'm saying yeah that, that's that's cool I, I like when they do cool stuff like that with the cast 
It's it's the least goth I've ever seen, Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> uh, I'm not interested then. <laughs> uh, what are you what are you watching? Anything anything lately? What are you what have you been watching? Um, there's the show on Disney Plus, WandaVision. I'm checking that out. That's been good. Um, and then I, I haven't really been I haven't really been watching any other stuff. I, I I've I've been watching Chappelle's show just because that's on Netflix and it's like two two seasons 12 episodes so i'm just i'll knock this out quickly but i haven't no i haven't really started anything big yeah speaking of um speaking of wandavision we should probably do some administration um next episode will be our big wandavision episode where we talk about the the whole show uh total spoiler territory discuss everything we think about it um so you know matt is going to talk about why he loves it i'm gonna talk about why i hate it uh it's gonna be really good i think so that'll be next episode yep that's the show (laughs) (laughs) oh all right what else we got you know what i watched recently um you watched aladdin recently i I did watch aladdin recently not what i was gonna mention but that that is a very good movie very good i thought i really Really holds up. I know it only came out like a year or two ago, um, mm-hmm. but it really. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Will I, Will Smith is great casting. Oh yeah, I mean, Robin Williams. Who who is that? I don't even know who that is. I I know. We everyone's <laughs> forgotten about him. <laughs> um, let's see. No, I watched um, uh, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, which. Uh, I, I thought I thought was fantastic. That totally broke my heart. I I loved it. Um, because I because I, I think I guess it came out last year at Sundance, and then it was supposed to be in theaters, and then COVID, and then uh, it was only on video on demand. I guess, I think it just came to HBO Max. So I have like multiple people on my letterbox who are like watching it. So I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And uh, it was a premise I was interested in. And uh, boy, that was like, fantastic. I really I really loved that one. Sad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, just soul crushing. I mean, it, oh, just oh, oh good. Was, oh, you got to watch it. it was, it's absolutely fantastic. Hi, highly recommend. I don't think I've watched a good sad movie in a little while. <laughs> Too busy watching X Men movies. That's right. You so okay. So you liked Dark Phoenix. Uh, like like is a stretch. <laughs> I I just I just didn't understand what people were so upset about. Like people are saying like this is the worst movie ever made. And I'm like it's I don't know. I don't see any It's like it's watchable once and then never again, but I I wasn't like offended by it. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to watch it. I mean, I have to I have to watch it anyway because it's the rules. Yeah, I I mean, I I can only hate a movie with Professor X and Magneto so much, you know? Like That's a really any good mo- point. Any movie with them is at least a little good. That's true. That's true. I wonder if Magneto's going to show up in WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely will. You think so? Um, probably not. But <laughs> I, I have hope. I, right. I have hope that the last episode he shows up and tells them that he's their long-lost father. How cool would that be? I don't even care if it makes sense. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch that because I still have not seen New Mutants. And yeah, I'm gonna I heard, check that out next. I heard that's fantastic. No, I didn't. Heard it's not that good. Everyone raves about that movie. Yeah, right. 
Then it then it, wasn't it filmed like eighteen years ago and it's just coming out now something like that right? Yeah, yeah, it is pretty odd. Yeah, Ma- Ma- Maisie Williams is like looking like nine year old Arya Stark. It's a weird, it's weird casting. You know, I I always thought I always thought she was going to be in The Last of Us. I think I think she she wanted the part, but then I think maybe she aged out of it. I don't know. What do you think of the casting of that? I thought it should have been Jim Carrey. Uh, I, I thought he would have made a great Joel. I mean, he played Joel once before. So, um, oh, I don't know that. I'm, that's a that's a joke about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, fantastic movie! Fantastic movie! I it's actually, on, for some reason, it's on my list. I was I was watching clips of it the other day. I'm like, let me just I want I can I just remember how the movie starts. I just want to see how it starts. I'm like, boy, this is a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean. Uh, I think it. I think it's fine. I think. I mean, Pedro Pascal's a good actor. Um, obviously, we've seen him in, in Mando, so mm-hmm. you know. I think. I think it'll be good. It's. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I. Part of me wonders. Like, it, it, it seems like, you know how when you look back, like on movies from like a, a couple decades ago you can see like oh what were the stars that everyone was casting and everything like who was in the zeitgeist you know and it feels right. like pedro pascal is zeitgeisty right now and i kind of oh, wonder yeah. if we'll look back on it and go oh that was when we were hiring pedro pascal and everything <laughs> yeah it sort, it sort of feels like that he's everywhere I mean, he's good. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I just. Uh, I just think it's. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm interested. You know, my my. I keep saying this. My one hope for the show is that they change it from the video game. I think if they try to stick to, I mean, I've said this before. I'm a, I, this, I, this is my whole. This is the drum that I keep beating, which is, the, the the when you're making an adaptation, the closer you stick to the source material, the worse your thing is going to end up being. Because if you're going to change the format if you're going to change the the medium of delivery where you're you know where you're telling the story you have to change the story to fit that medium so um you know i'm not i i feel like i was never looking i was never sitting there going oh i hope they cast someone who looks and acts and talks and walks exactly like troy baker does and 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 looks exactly like joel i wasn't looking for that i was just like i don't know do your own thing with it i don't know it i I'm I, I'm I'm not like I'm not sitting here jumping up and down like oh yeah they nailed it perfect but I'm also not like disappointed I'm like all right let's see what he does with it he's a good actor let's see how he does I'm in I'm I'm gonna right. watch it regardless yeah he's he's sort of being uh, he's sort of being typecast now as that person who has to lead a young <laughs> individual and be a father figure to it on a very complicated journey he he's really in that role now <laughs> um yes. For sure, but you know, if, if maybe that's why they cast him. It's like, look, we know exactly what this is. He's did it. He's doing it on another show right now. He already did it on another show. I'm, I'm just have him do it again. I'm do the same thing. Right, again. <laughs> right. You won't have to change much. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Except we're gonna see his face this time. I don't know how much that. Did you? By the way, did you see, did you read when they announced it? I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter. Did you read the article or did you just see the headline? I don't think I read it. Oh, hold on. I got to find this article because the way they wrote it was so funny. Pedro Pascal joins Bella Ramsey. Oh yeah, Bella Ramsey is going to be uh, Ellie. She's she's the girl from HP from uh, Game of Thrones that I've never seen. Yeah. And anything right. else. I didn't, I don't mean I've never seen Game of Thrones. I just mean 
I've never seen her in anything else. Um, yeah, me neither. Maybe it wasn't Hollywood. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a different. Maybe it was variety. I don't remember. But there was some article that when they broke the news, they said, "Oh yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal will have time to film the Last of Us TV show because the other show he's on requires him in a limited capacity." Or something like that, and I just uh-huh. I just thought it was a funny way to uh, because the, you know this is the eternal question about the Mandalorian, which is how much is he actually in that suit? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny that even in like the trades reporting on this story, they're referencing that he might not do as much as we think on the Mandalorian. So maybe he doesn't need to pee on the set for Mando as much. I mean, I mean, I've heard it's definitely not him a hundred percent of the time, which isn't really surprising, but. right? I, w- I wonder if it's even like fifty fifty. Yeah, I I kind of think it's below that. Oh, let me let me put it this way. I think that when he needs to be on set and he ha- and they have to film him, I think he's got to put the address of the set into his GPS every time. <laughs> I think he doesn't know how to get there from memory. <laughs> That's a good way of putting. It. <laughs> he just records the line from his house and sends them. I think that's certainly possible. <laughs> That'd be cool. Good for him. He's got the dream. <laughs> exactly working from home which is uh you know what we're all doing in covid anyway so there you mm-hmm. go um yeah, hollywood should do it too what do we got on the agenda we got some odds and sods we got some minai topics the news just broke about the new spider-man uh title movie did you did you see uh did you see the multiple posts though I did. So what's the title? I don't think we know. I think they're trolling us. Hmm. Okay. So, Tom Hall, so Tom Holland posted on Instagram, so excited to announce the title of the next Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Phone Home. And then his co-star, the guy who plays Ned, tweeted like the exact same thing. The title is Spider-Man Home Wrecker. And so as soon as that got announced, everyone was like, huh, are they just messing with us? Or is Ned just making a joke? I don't know. Phone home sounds too goofy to be the title, but I'm also fine with it, I guess. Yeah, well, just because it sounds like E.T. Yeah, of and, course. And then home record sounds like, is he getting in the way of someone's relationship? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, is this Sp- going to be a drama? Spider-Man, the home record. <laughs> Z- Zendaya is dating someone else, and she's cheating on him with Spider-Man. <laughs> He's She's dating Harry Osborn. Right. <laughs> That could be good. And Pete comes in. He's he's the home wrecker, and it's and it's a teen drama set in the MCU. Yeah, I'd watch that. And Tobey Maguire is in it as well. And Andrew Garfield, they're both in it somehow. I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. You watching these Bully Maguire videos? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, you're this is like the this is like the latest YouTube trend that I'm really in on. It's this one channel who edits like famous scenes, mm. but each scene he edits Toby Maguire in, and it's called like Darth Bully Maguire Duel of the Fates, and it's Toby Maguire is Darth Maul fighting Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn. There's Darth Bully Maguire arrives in Wakanda, like Darth Bully Maguire arrives in Endgame, or like holds Mjolnir. It's it's fantastic. Okay, see, I think I heard about someone who would like rotoscope Tommy Maguire into the MCU. But this is this is beyond that. This is in this, like Star Yeah, this Wars is different. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah, it's it's really good. I watch every one. 
Bu- what, what is it called? Bully what? Bully, Bully McGuire. How do you spell McGuire? Is it Mick? <laughs> Bull- oh, it's on. No. No, it's on. Know your meme. It's not Mick. It's it's McGuire. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put some dirt in your. Oh, oh, now I see. Now I see what you. Darth Bully McGuire versus Obi Wan Kenobi. That one's fantastic. Bully McGuire. Why is why is he Bully McGuire? Because it's when he's like uh, Spider Man Three and he goes bad, and he's bullying everyone. Oh right. Yeah, I didn't like that movie, Spider Man Three. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, I, these these videos are so stupid because they all have the. They're they're all the exact same. Where like, he just he just edits in the exact same lines like my back, my back are gonna cry, and I'm gonna put some dirt in your eyes. But I it makes me laugh every time. I yeah, this the part is, where that's my problem. I'm watching the Thor's hammer one. Mm-hmm. This is bizarre. This is really str- he has to like take out Cap from the background to to put in Tobey Maguire too. I know, this is I know. This is not like five minutes of work. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Hmm. This is committed. Wow. Yeah, so millions, I'm, I'm, millions of I'm views. impressed with the editing, honestly. Yeah. These have lots of views, too. Wow. Let's see. My, my YouTube homepage is a, a, so chaotic. I have stuff about, like, Mario Kart and Bitcoin. Are you in on cryptocurrency? I I was like four years ago, and I still own a little bit, but I'm not buying anymore. It's so chaotic. It it really is. It's like I don't know people like people complain about it. Like um, I don't understand why we can't use this as real currency. What's the problem? Why do people not like it? And then they're like, and like, oh my god, it went up by like ten thousand percent in one day. And it's like, well, this is why it can't be used as real currency. Like, right, and there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's so, it fluctuates so much. It's like, well, yeah, you can't you can't use this as, as real currency. It's got to be stable. I mean, the U.S. dollar is pretty stable. Like fiat money is pretty stable. Maybe all money's fiat. Maybe I guess even cryptocurrency is kind of fiat money, right? I guess so. Maybe maybe even more so than a, an actual you know bill you can get out of a bank. Right. Right. It, the the whole thing just seems too stressful to me to like to like actually put a more than what you're comfortable doing at risk in cryptocurrency just seems really dangerous. Well, like, obviously, just just put a little bit of side money in there, but like these these people that are going all in are a little bit nuts. Yeah, I mean, I I put in a little bit a few years ago, and then I kind of forgot about it. Like, remember, I think it was 2017. Bitcoin like fucking crashed. It was, yeah, that was it 2017. Was, it was December 2017. I bought a little bit like right before that happened. Nice. Because it was like, oh, it's going up and up and up. Maybe I, should, maybe I should buy a little bit. And then it crashed. And I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. And But then I didn't, I didn't like cash out. I just left it in. And then I came back to it like recently. And I was like, oh, I've actually <laughs> made, a, I made a couple of bucks on this. Okay. Right. It actually, it like, I think, I think by that point it had, it had like oh, more than doubled. So... I'm still I'm still not cashing out now. Now I'm just playing with it. Now I'm like, well, what other cryptocurrencies get? You know, what are you looking into? Well, I I am really in on Doge. Uh huh. I mean, I have put so much money into Doge. Like, if this crashes, I'm like, I'm gonna have to like sell my car. Right. Not really. I'm not. not yeah. Not no, that's really. fine. 
Um, no, I mean, I, I yeah, I have a little bit of Doge just because it's just because it's funny, right? But it's uh, everyone was like, oh, we're gonna get to a dollar, we're gonna get to ten cents, and it never did. In fact, it's I think it's gone down in the last few days. Yeah, I'm looking at it's gone down. Everybody on the Doge subreddit is like, we gotta hold, we gotta hold on to it, we gotta, we gotta go, let's go to the moon, take it to the moon. Meanwhile, on like the like this regular like standard standard like cryptocurrency subreddit, they're all like, Doge is a joke. That's not that's not happen. Like no one's taking this. No one's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen with that. I know. But at the same time, like if no one takes it seriously and it is just a joke and people have fun with it as a joke, won't that make people buy it just for the just for shits and giggles, just for fun, and then the price goes oh, up? Oh yeah. Totally. So, I don't know. This one is so weird how, like, it just seems like Elon Musk is controlling the price of it. Like, he'll he'll tweet something about it, and then it'll go nuts. And then he'll tweet something bad about it, and it crashes. But but I think even that's calmed down. Like, I feel like he's tweeted about it a few times in a positive way in the last, like, week. And the price didn't even actually move that much. Like, I think... Mm-hmm. I think it... Because it, you're right. When he first started tweeting about it, it did the price went up a lot. But I feel like... That was just like an initial burst of people being like, "Oh, Elon Musk says something. I'm going to get in." But then after after the seventeenth time, it's like if no one got on board by now, they're not going to. Right. It it went it went from less than a cent to five cents in two days at the end of January. Yeah, yeah. I've I I know one person who made a a shit ton of money off of that. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that was the one. Like every, everyone who was into crypto four years ago probably bought some dogecoin as a joke maybe mm-hmm. a lot of it mm-hmm. and then never did anything with it and now it's way higher than it was yeah i mean i think i think the next step is like like if like i was i was thinking about it like if i'm gonna really spend because i do find it in, i do find it fascinating like technologically i find it interesting mm-hmm. right and so uh, now i just out of curiosity like well what are other what are some altcoins like besides like doge and ethereum like, what are some other altcoins that are out there, and, and what do they do? I still don't really understand the differences between, between all the other altcoins. Right. Like, I, like people, like, I saw a thing today that was like, how do I know which, which uh, crypto to, like, invest in or whatever? They're like, well, you should look at, like, what are the advantages of each cryptocurrency? And, like, what are, like, what are the benefits of each one? And what are they being used for? And what are the practical applications of it? And I, I'm just like, this is all bullshit. Everyone's in this just to make money. That's it. That's the only, like, no one's actually using, like, I, like right. yes, like, I know Ethereum can, like, be used for, like, these, like, digital signatures or dig- digital contracts, something I think they're called, something like that, where, like, you... You know, where you use the blockchain service that's part of Ethereum to, like, negotiate a contract that is secure and all this. But it's like, I don't think anyone's actually fucking doing that. No. Like, people are like, oh, you can build apps with Ethereum. I'm like, I don't think I, I don't think what's happening. Like, I think it's the thing people want to happen. I don't think anyone actually is. I think everyone's just in this to make money. Yeah. Which is fine, but, like, just own that fact. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm a newbie. Maybe I'm, maybe, uh, you know, it's a theory. It's probably wrong. So my, my friend that got me into crypto like four years ago, he, he, and he, he was like, he was into crypto in like 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's when he bought Bitcoin. So you, you can imagine how much money he made. Mm-hmm. But he, he always talked about like his favorite altcoins and like the, the different advantages and everything. And he, he always said his two favorites just based on like what they can actually do and the unique advantages of all of them. His favorites were were Bitcoin and Monero. And Monero is not like a super well-known or talked about one. 
I guess compared to like the top five or so, but its big thing was that it was like the most secure and private of all of the cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've even heard of that one. I'm looking at the charts now, and it's it's gone from like seventy bucks to like two hundred and ten dollars over the last year. Well, there you go. I mean, th- 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 I think part of the reason too, I've also started looking at it again is because I feel like I do this thing like every six months for like three or four years where I'm like, should I get into cryptocurrency? I don't know. Or maybe I'll dabble in it for like a week and then I kind of like don't do anything. And I've been doing this dance like once or twice a year for a few years now. (laughs) And and every time I come back to it, I'm like, oh, the price went up again. But like you never know like – like okay, is this this time that the price went up? Is this the last time it's going to go up a lot? Like, are we about I to know. like plateau? Are we about to level out, or is it going to keep going and going? Like, you never know. And so, I don't know. I think I'm starting to play with it um, for two reasons. One, it's like planting a tree, right? The best time to buy Bitcoin was ten years ago, and the second best time to buy it is today, right? And also, the second thing is like. I think I finally understand how it works. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think I've spent the, like, every time I looked into it, I'm like, I don't want to buy it unless I understand it. Like, wh- the actual technology behind it. And I feel like now I've gotten to a point where, like, okay, I can wrap my head around what the blockchain is and how it works and the general principles of, like, the math behind it. It to, like, okay, now I think now I see. Like, I fully, almost fully understand it in a way that like okay i'm comfortable like playing with this now yeah that, that that was me a few years ago i got like super into it and was learning all about it and i i like i bought it like right before it really took off like around two or three grand um and i yeah it was it was a really fun thing to learn about because it, it is such interesting technology but like once once it crashed and i sort of lost interest i, pro- I probably forgot most of what i learned but yeah, it, it is. It is pretty nuts how the whole system works, and the, the whole the whole creation of it, and how no one knows who the guy who made it is, and the guy who made it's probably <laughs> dead. Like, it's a really interesting history. Wait, what? I don't know about that. What? Oh my! Yeah, I mean the guy, the guy who, uh, the guy who made Bitcoin. He like published um, some papers on like how it works and everything, and he used a, a pseudonym, and like no one, no one knows who it is or. Yeah, so what the, he did or anything. The pseudonym is uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah, yeah and, that's and it. I think it's. I have actually seen people say it might even be a group of people who are using the name Satoshi Nakamoto. It might even be one guy. But uh, well, go on. the the theory that I heard was that there was a guy with that actual name um, who 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 lived somewhere and like he was friends with another guy who had like some really close connections to Bitcoin. It was like one of the first Bitcoin users in that he just used this guy he was friends with his name as a pseudonym. And hmm. the guy the guy who started it is actually dead now. Like he passed away. And yeah, like no 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 one knows if it, it was actually him. But people some people are pretty confident. And there I, f- I forget exactly what, but like that guy the guy who they think died or the guy who did die and they think who started it he owns like 10% of all bitcoin or something like that and because he might be dead it's like completely inaccessible <laughs> like it, it like 10% of bitcoin is just gone forever wow i i i never heard that see i i never did any research really on um 
like the history of it. Not not really. Like I knew like okay, this guy or group using this name made it, but I was more interested in the, in the technical aspect of it. I had no idea about this whole backstory. Yeah, no, it it is really interesting. And I I, I did hear I, I think I heard the theory about the groups too or that it was a group that made it, but I'm less familiar with that one. I think I think it was like either a group in Japan or a group in the United Kingdom, something like that. But I think I was most convinced by the theory about the dead guy. Yeah, so Wikipedia says Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency invented in oh, 2008 by an unknown person or group of people using the name Satoshi Nakamoto. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could it could still be a group of people, and like the main guy is the one that's dead. Like it could be like yeah, a, yeah, it could be. It could be you know these these theories are not necessarily mutually exclusive no totally they could both be at least somewhat true so yeah i don't know i think i think the whole thing is interesting yeah it's gonna be fun to watch everyone everyone everyone's saying 100k that's what it needs to get to so we'll see if that happens i feel like i have no reason to cash out (laughs) i don't know people just say like that's like when it was when i bought it at like two grand like everyone was saying 10 grand and now that's 50 grand everyone's saying 100 grand like then then they'll start talking about a million but everyone just right once once they get to one goal they just endlessly talk about the next one until it gets there right right and and when are they they gonna run out of bitcoin aren't they not gonna run out of uh bitcoins for like a hundred years or something crazy yeah i I think it's sometime in the early 2100s if i remember correctly yeah that yeah that sounds right yeah because that was the other interesting thing. Is like there's there's a finite number of it. I, I didn't, I guess yeah, I didn't realize I mean, that until a few months ago. Yeah, that, that that's one of the most interesting parts of it, and that, that, that's that's why when I was initially learning about them, I liked it. I liked it more than um, Ethereum. Oh, is Ethereum unlimited? I, I'm pretty sure it is, or, or or at least other others are. Um, but yeah, it's the whole concept of Bitcoin is deflationary because of that. Right, right. I th- yeah, I think Doge is. <laughs> Maybe not unlimited, but it seems like it's effectively limitless because there's just so much of it. Right, right. I think I think I I think there's someone who owns like a billion dollars in Dogecoin. What a maniac! I mean, he probably like was the creator of it or something. I mean, I know yeah. I know it was invented by the guy who worked at Adobe or something. I don't know. I was just on the block, like the Dogecoin blockchain explorer, and there are ways to see like okay, which wallet on the blockchain has the most coins in it you can do this for any cryptocurrency mm-hmm. but there i just have i just was like i was just curious about it today i'm like oh who who has the most and this guy who is like you know a, like a billion dollars in dogecoin which is crazy i wish i had a billion dollars in anything right yeah yeah seriously would you pay taxes no i'm straight off the grid there you go <laughs> that's, that's smart that's the other weird thing is that like if you make a lot of money on this you have to declare it on your taxes right oh i know i know i, I would have no idea how to, i guess i would just like give it to an accountant Can you figure this out <laughs> yeah i mean when when i do my taxes it, it always asks did you sell any cryptocurrency this year and it's always no like thank god i don't have to deal with that oh does but it really ask that mm-hmm. okay I'll, I'll, I'll... only if i sell and by sell they mean like did you transfer a cryptocurrency to u.s dollars yeah basically is really what that's really all the tax people in the united states care about is u.s dollars because like right i don't know i feel like i've i've sold 
cryptocurrencies multiple times, but it's always been to get other cryptocurrency. I did, yeah, I did yeah. it today. I, I sold some Bitcoin for something else uh, just today. You don't have to declare that because it's not U.S. dollars. Right. Yeah, I don't think they care. And then, and then I just found out that there's a there's a. Is this interesting? Is this an interesting conversation? I just found probably. Out, <laughs> I just found out there's there are there are U.S. dollar coins. I, I didn't know about this till like last week. Like, like you mean physical coins that are U.S. dollars? No, no, I mean like there are cryptocurrencies that are anchored to the U.S. dollar. So one, and it's called. There's a couple of them. There's like there's like tether U.S. dollar. There's U.S. dollar coin. And the idea is that one of these, one unit of this cryptocurrency is always equal to one U.S. dollar, and it's like a way to like sort of cash out of a, a normal standard cryptocurrency and transfer it into U.S. dollars without actually transferring it to actual U.S. dollars. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a way to hold it in the, inside the crypto system, but still have it be equivalent to the U.S. dollar, so that you never gain or lose money. Right. Which is an interesting idea. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the I guess it's like if you if you suspect that some coin that you're in is about to crash, you could transfer yeah. it real quick to US dollar coin. Uh and you and don't then, want to pay taxes on it just yet. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to pay taxes on and usually like I think and I think like if you cash out like transferring it to your bank or something, it's like there's probably some fee or like a three day waiting period or something. You know what I mean? Like Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, totally. sometimes like transfers exchanges, you know, to a bank. Like even when I like take money out of like Venmo, it takes like three days. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it probably you know. Whereas cryptocurrency, it's almost you know almost instantaneous. I mean, sometimes it takes you know twenty, thirty minutes, maybe an hour, depending on how congested the network is and which coin you're using and everything. But right, I didn't I didn't realize you you were. Uh, as into it as as at least you used to be. I I I, I if, honestly, if I had to guess, I would have said that you know nothing about it and you don't want to know anything about it and you have no money in it. That would have been my guess. <laughs> it's a reasonable guess, I, I suppose. <laughs> no, I, I I was big into it a few years ago. Like me, me and me and a few friends, we were all it's like all we talked about for a few months. It, it, it was a much simpler time. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a Discord server I'm in where we had to make a new channel called the Money Zone. Nice, <laughs> just, to, That's just awesome. to talk about crypto. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I uh, wish I was in a Money Zone. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just realized that is also sort of a reference to my brother, my brother and me, isn't it? I guess so. Who who made the title, or who made the channel? I don't I don't know who actually made it. It's um you know you know cosmonaut Marcus. Yeah, it's one of his servers. I don't know. If okay, he he made the channel though. You know, it could it could have been someone else who's like an admin or something. You know, right? Who has that sort of power in the yeah. server? Their new theme song sucks, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm so irritated about that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I sure just I are. just I don't see. <laughs> do you want to talk about this? Do, what, <laughs> I mean, what do you, you? What do you think? I mean, I, 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 I mostly agree with you. I'm sure I'm just not as fired up about it, <laughs> which is probably true about most things. But yeah, I, I, th- I think the whole thing is pretty stupid. Like people read way too much into what seemed like just a joke to me. Yeah. Okay. So just to, to clarify, so what we're talking about, <laughs> just to, for, for the listener, 
Uh, it has to be context. I know. I know. A few weeks ago, this this guy uh, went viral on Twitter, and he was known as the Bean Dad because he tweeted the saga of him refusing to let his daughter have a can of beans until she figure, figured out how to use a can opener by herself. And this person is, is John Roderick, who's the frontman, singer, songwriter for the band The Long Winters, um, who did the theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, well, not for it. They, my brother, my brother, used a song from one of their albums as their theme song. I don't want to play. He wrote a song for them, but, um, you know, and, and, and then people started to freak out because people, people who don't know Roderick don't know his sense of humor, his personality, the way he tells stories. Uh, you know, but if you've listened to, you know, a hundred hours of him on podcasts, like I have, uh, you get to know. Oh, this is how Roderick is. This is just. This is the way he tells a story. He he's going to embellish it here. I know what his relationship with his daughter is like. I know they have a lot of fun. I know they get along. Uh, you know, I, I I read the story and I'm like, okay, this is this is not child abuse. I know what Roderick is doing. They're having fun. Um, but the way he was telling the story made it. He played it up a lot. He played up the drama of it. And everything, and so people was like, "Oh my God, he's withholding food from his daughter. He's an awful parent. This is child abuse." And, and it, of course, it was just blown way out of proportion. And then um, uh, the brothers McElroy decided that because of this, they're not going to use uh, this song that Roderick wrote as their theme song anymore. They're going to change theme songs, and it just seems like such an it seems like an overreaction, and it and. It it seems like just a classic case of like, you know, I, I don't even necessarily want to say like out of context, but it's like it, it, the brothers, like the Macro brothers, they they know Roderick, they know he's not a bad person, they, they know he's not a child abuser. Like it's weird to me that they didn't defend. Like other celebrities defended him, like Ken Jennings from Jeopardy, who he's friends with, defended him. Uh, Michael Ian Black, who's another actor, like defended him. It was like he's not a bad person. He told, he tried to tell a story in a funny way, and people freaked out because you know. And it it was just it was just weird to me. The whole thing, it was just so outrageous. Like we're not like I don't know. It, it to me it's like. I get how if you don't know Roderick, it seems dramatic, but also like there were multiple people who were saying, "No, no, no! I know Roderick. I this this is this is just his style of talking. This is just the way he tells a story," and it blew up more than he ever thought it would. Like it's, this is not he's not a monster, and I just thought it was weird that instead of like defending their friend, the McElroy brothers were like, you know, oh no, 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 we're not going to talk to him anymore. I just thought that was odd. I just thought it was very strange and very silly and it just and and you know what's funny is this happened like a month ago and no one remembers it like no one cares right, right. like this is like it's a it's a non-issue like two weeks later roderick was back doing his podcasts with merlin oh, I, was, and, I was just about to ask about that yeah and, and and they didn't they never really addressed it directly they kind of beat around the bush and talked about it as a joke and but, uh, you know, other than that, like, you know, he's still doing his podcasts and he still has sponsors and it, like, it's fine. Like, it's just and he has a he has a Patreon now so people can pay to support him directly. So, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was very, very silly. Very, very yeah. silly. I mean, pe- people were really getting upset over 
a can of beans. Like that's that's what the whole story revolves around. And it's silly and stupid, but it's sillier and stupider to get <laughs> upset about this story and call it child abuse. It was it was really ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I thought the whole I thought the whole getting rid of the theme song was dumb because I mean it's it's such a I, I associate that song so closely with their podcast and the new the new song sucks and like I don't I don't like it as much and like I'm I'm gonna miss it I, I and I I definitely do and I don't it just it just seems like a mistake yeah I'm I'm I, I'm glad I I bailed on Mim uh, Bim Bam I don't you know I haven't listened in in months and and when they said that i'm like all right i'm just gonna completely unsubscribe like whatever like you know i was not getting a ton of value out of that podcast anyway so you know uh, i i haven't heard the new new theme song i probably never will i don't care like it's Mm -hmm. just i don't know i thought the whole thing was just so silly i don't know this is i mean this is sort of like a you know maybe with this a bigger conversation about cancel culture whatever the hell that means whatever that is um right but you know i just think like look if someone is is getting attacked and you know that they're not a bad person and they're a friend of yours and you know that they're sort of being misrepresented in some way like defend them i just thought i just thought it was so strange because like they they're friends with him they've performed with him on stage they've had him at their shows like and then they're like oh no we we don't associate with him anymore because he didn't give his daughter a can of beans. It's like crazy. I don't know. Do you have feelings on cancel culture? Do you want to talk about this? Oh God, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think I'm prepared. Um, you know, I. I. I don't have a. I just. I just feel like. I just feel like talking about cancel culture will get me canceled. You know. <laughs> And like I, I don't even know what my opinion is that would get me canceled, but I feel like anyone who talks about it is like risking getting canceled, <laughs> unless 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 you say like it's all good all the time, <laughs> like that. That's what that's what Twitter wants you to say in a way, which is ridiculous. Of course, I I, I don't know where my personal line. Is. Do you, what do you have a line? I mean, I I, I think I, I I it's like a judgment call on on most of these situations for me. I guess like. Like the the whole uh, the Gina Carano thing, like yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm fine with it. Like she seems like a pretty shitty person. Rod Roderick on the line, no, that that was dumb. Yeah, you see, you, you you say, oh well, Twitter would want me to say cancel culture is always good. I don't think that that's true. I think I've seen like polling on this, like you know, you like you survey people and just ask the question, like, what do you think of cancel culture? Like, do you like it or you do not like it? Like, you know, are you pro or anti? Like, don't like if you. I, I believe I've seen this done where like you survey people, you don't ask, you don't define cancel culture, you don't ask them, don't ask them to define it. You just say. How do you feel about cancel culture? Like, yes or no, right? And I think, like, the vast majority of people are like, I don't like cancel culture, which is interesting because then it then it signals the idea that, like, whatever cancel culture means to most people, it means a bad thing. Like, like and I could – I can – I think you can debate different definitions of what cancel culture is, but I think the vast majority of people see cancel culture as a bad thing. And I think, and I think, if you were to ask people, like, well, what about the girl from Star Wars? Is that cancel culture? I think there are people who will be like, well, no, 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 that's not cancel culture because that was justified. Cancel culture is when it's silly, but this this one made sense. Like, and so, and so, now you're having the debate of like, what is cancel culture, right? So, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I think it's almost safe to assume that nobody likes cancel culture, and just, just that that's the way I think of it. Like, 
of like, I'm just going to assume that everyone hates cancel culture and no one likes it and everyone thinks it's bad, okay? Because th- the truth is people don't like it when people that they like get canceled, which again, what does that even mean? Let's just set that mm-hmm. aside. People don't like it when people that they like get canceled and people like it when people they don't like get canceled. Like that's, and, and, so, and so I think if you just leave it at that and you don't get into the big picture, well, it's cancel. Like, I think it's much more interesting to have the conversation on a case-by-case basis. Like, I think that's a more productive conversation. I think it's a better conversation. It's, it's sort of like I was, I was telling you this recently. I was telling you this off the air where I was like, I don't even know how I define myself politically. I don't want to put a label on myself. Just, just ask me what I think of an issue, and I'll tell you what I think of an issue. And then if you want to put a label on me or put me in a box, go ahead. But I'm not going to put myself in a box title. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I will just – let's just take every issue on a case-by-case basis, and we'll discuss it, and I'll tell you what I think about it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in, in saying, oh, yeah, this thing, this thing that's in a whole category, uh, I, I, I am pro that or I'm anti that. It's like, no, let's, just, let's, let's actually discuss issues. I I don't know. That's 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 my hot take. I mean, I, I have I have such a hard time even like wrapping my head around the question. How do you feel about cancel culture? Good, <laughs> right, bad. Like, right. It the the question doesn't even make sense because in, in in like my recent memory of people being canceled, it's everywhere from Bill Cosby to Bean Dad. Like the the spe- the spectrum <laughs> is so ridiculously wide that like how could I say. How could I say yes? It, it's good or no? It's bad. Like, I, I, so I, I, I do think I agree with you that it's a, it's a case by case basis. But I mean, I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously, I, I, I guess what I would consider bad is just like the, the knee jerk reaction of just like something happened. We have very little information. Here's the decision we made. This person's canceled. Like that's I. I, we we need more information than that, I guess. Whereas, like the, the Bill Cosby end of the spectrum, where ton, dozens of people come out with information and like credible sources, like that's not that's something that happened over a long period of time, you know. And right. I guess I guess that I guess that's probably not considered cancel culture to most people. I yeah, I think I think that's probably true. Yeah, because that was that was like what like fifty or sixty women or something like that, like. It was it with Bill Cosby. It was it was. A, I I remember years ago on uh, the Howard Stern show they they played a game uh, where it was over or under Cosby accusers, oh and they would God. and they would be like, okay, number of countries in Africa is it over or under the number of women who have accused Bill Cosby? And it was Holy like it was shit. like genuinely a difficult game. <laughs> wow, that's wild. You know, so yes, I I think you're right. I think that is a thing where you know um, people would say, well, that's not cancel culture. That's just he's um horrible person of course he shouldn't work again like you know and then you have things that are a little more in the middle like louis ck where it's like okay what he did was wrong but he didn't like he was not a bill cosby and also he's gotten he's done some stand-up since then yeah it's like well where do you that's that's the trickier one you know i mean because because here's the other thing you can define cancel culture in, in like a couple of different ways. I think I think on one hand you could say, well, no, cancel culture is just you know someone has done something wrong, and they and they have and they or they have horrible opinions on you know race or 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 you know very outdated views that are extremely bigoted and offensive, and people like this should not 
get work and and that that's you know or, or they've done something horrible they've hurt somebody in a severe way that's you know that's if that's all cancel culture is then i think under that definition most people would agree okay i'm fine with cancel culture but then of course that gets into well what counts as a as a as a dumb thing to say or a wrong thing that you did or a bad thing to believe then that gets into that whole argument also also what counts as actually being canceled <laughs> like for, is, is your cancellation a few thousand people on twitter tweet hashtag blank is over party versus you actually <laughs> never get work again right that's 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 another great point i mean i mean it, it's like it's like the people who um i don't remember who this happened to recently but there was someone who i think they were like suspended on twitter or something and they went on tv to talk about how they were being censored by the media and it's like you're on tv <laughs> you, what what do you mean <laughs> right how how are you canceled how are you being censored (laughs) i'm listening to you right now (laughs) right i wish i wasn't listening to you but i am yeah oh god Uh, yeah so that 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 is that is another that is another funny funny thing yeah because because then there's people you know i mean and this gets into i mean this is I I put this in homework and maybe we should we you know this is something I think we'll come back to but you know the the idea of um that that book so you've been publicly shamed which I maintain is like mandatory reading for anyone who spends time on the internet um and in that book they go through people who have been quote unquote canceled kind of before we had that term for it and they just kind of catch up with these people like where are they now and what did they actually do and what happened and what was the fallout and and I just, I don't know, there's this thing I've been thinking about for, I think, a couple of years now. I, I just kind of had it in my mind of, like, the, the way that I, I, I think I came up with putting it in this way is, like, well, we're really good at public shaming. We're not good at public forgiveness. And I'm very curious to see how we figure that one out. How are we going to navigate that? Because, in theory, there should be a way to to do that. I mean, I mean, because like if the if we find out about someone's backstory and and they've done something horrible, like if they speak about it in a way where they are just as disgusted with themselves as we are, then that seems like, okay. well, this person's probably changed and grown and they're a better person now. And we'll look at the Liam Neeson thing. I mean, come on. So I don't really have a particular take on cancel culture in general i just sort of go on a case-by-case basis of like well do i think this person said something crazy and over the line do i think this person is being taken sort of out of context and then there's an argument to be made that that um you know even even taking you know hours and hours of someone or even even because some people will be like okay well here's a sentence a person said and people will be like, well, that's out of context. And then people will be like, okay, well, no, here's the whole paragraph. Or here's the whole 10 minutes of them speaking, right? And so they'll be like, well, see, it's not out of context. Here's 10 minutes of them speaking. But at the same time, I think it's another argument to be made that, like, any any 5 to 10 minutes of someone's life could be taken out of context. Like, right. A whole 10 minutes could be taken out of context. I do think that is possible. I mean, like I said— I listen to Howard Stern, right? You could you could find 10 or 20 minutes of his show where he sounds awful, right? But you know, you would ha- you would have to li- if you but if you listen to to Howard Stern, I think for hours and hours like I have, 
Um, I mean, I've spent more time listening to Howard Stern than people in my own family. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you listen to him, you go, oh, he's not he's not a bad person. He may be slightly misinformed on this or maybe not be quite as woke as I am on such and such issue. I mean, this is sort of how I feel about him. But like he's not a bad person, you know, and, and I think – I think that's also an interesting argument of like, well, well, let's try to look at the person as a whole and not just one sentence. I mean, like, the, like even the Gina Carano thing. It's like, do does, do we think does she really believe that conservatives are being treated like Jews in the Holocaust? Does she really believe that? Like, truly? Like, probably not. But also, it's a crazy thing to say. And who's going to sit down and ask her to find out? Well. Right. And and I don't know. I I, I do question that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of go back and forth because on the one hand, it's like, well, she probably doesn't literally believe that. But on the other hand, like if you're so whacked out that you would just post that on the Internet thinking that that's going to be OK, thinking that no one's going to be upset, but thinking like, oh, this is a reasonable analogy. Like you, you, you must you must be a little bit out to lunch. Like, right. I don't know. I don't know. I find it. I the whole thing is interesting. Yeah, and and that's and and this is this is why people, you know, when when it's someone that they like getting canceled, they're they're resistant to it. I mean, I remember being a teenager, and there was some music artist that I liked who had like sexual, a like couple of sexual assault allegations, and I just like chose not to believe it. So I'm like, no, 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 I like his music too much. He couldn't have done that. And now I look back on, I'm like, that was stupid. Like they were pretty credible uh, allegations. Like they, this, this probably happened. He never really denied it. Like I was, I was being that guy, you know. And I feel bad about that now, and I don't listen. I have a hard time listening to his music now. Like if like one of his songs came on my shuffle, you know, I have a playlist of thousands of songs that I like, and uh, and it just it uh, one or two was was still in there, and it came on. I was like, this is kind of weird to listen to. Still a good song, but weird to listen to now. And I think I think people do that, where it's like, well, I like this person, therefore they, they shouldn't. I don't know. But then again, I feel like didn't we all like Bill Cosby? And and yet we all agree. Like so, it's it's all it's just. I think I think we should all be aware that that people that we like were more lenient with them, and and we should kind of check ourselves. But also, people that we like, we spend more time listening to them and getting to know their personality and their nuanced views on things. And so maybe we're willing to cut them some slack because we know that, well, they said they phrased it wrong the one time they were on this TV show once, which again is different from someone who says crazy shit all the time. Mm-hmm. This is, see, this is not, this is not easy. This is, this is really, this is really not easy. And I think I agree with you that, and then I'll shut up, but I think I agree with you that, <sighs> There is a temptation to just jump on something before we've really taken the time to see, okay, is this person crazy all the time and probably should, you know, maybe we don't want them in our movies and movies that we watch, you know, or is this, you know, did they clear this up later and they misspoke or they said something wrong or they made a bad, like, let's try to figure out that where that is in that balance. I mean, I have issues with Tom Cruise. Because Scientology is so fucking crazy. But he's mm-hmm. a good actor. I don't know. I'll shut up. Man. Right. Do you, uh, on, on the lines of like uh, 
forgiveness and like we're good at publicly shaming not publicly forgiving people do, do you know like about the whole morgan wallen saga with saturday night live and everything morgan wallen this name sounds familiar so th- this this was uh, a, a country music artist who was uh, scheduled to sing on saturday night live he was, oh he was gonna be that yeah weekend this was the guy who got caught on tape saying the n-word Yes, but I'm I'm talking way before then. Oh, okay. So, so so he he's supposed to perform on Saturday Night Live, and they there's a video that gets released of him at a some bar in Alabama, not wearing a mask in like a crowded bar, and so they they like canceled him for that week. They were like, "All right, you're you're not coming on the show. Like we we can't we can't have this risk." And then like a couple months later, they had him on the show. They brought him back, and they they like made a, they made a point about it they they did a whole sketch that was like morgan wallen's at a bar and his future self comes to visit him at the bar and warns him not to 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 do this and and the, it was like a whole funny sketch and they tried to make a point about how like yeah he made this mistake but like he he can uh he he can learn from his mistakes and we can forgive him and move on and have him on the show and so it it was sort of a, i thought it was a good thing and a, a nice way to prove that point and then like Two months later, he says the N-word on, on camera, and then they're making jokes about him on SNL again. So he, he, had, he had quite the couple months of being canceled, forgiven, and then canceled again. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I'm seeing it here. In May 2020, he was arrested at a bar for disorderly conduct. So this is uh, – on in October of 2020, he was criticized after photos emerged showing – after photos emerged showing he was without a mask at a party during the COVID-19 pandemic where he kissed several women (laughs) nice this led to snl postponing his performance in february 21 wallen was recorded using a racial slur which resulted in suspension from his label and removal of his music from streaming services um from many major radio networks okay yeah and then and then afterward after the most recent controversy he's people started buying his music oh yeah he like shot up on all the charts it's crazy yeah, yeah. So, so like he got he got he got canceled and then boosted way up on. So the charts. again, to your point, is he really canceled? People, right. People yeah, are buying his exactly. music. This, yeah, this is this is very. I mean, I don't know why you would be, I don't know why you'd be out at a party, especially not wearing a mask during the middle of the COVID nineteen pandemic. That's bizarre to me. I mean, I don't understand that at all. Why, and then why is he running around saying the n word? What's that about? I don't know. The whole thing is just very bizarre to me. Right, right. It's I a mean, weird situation. I mean, this. I mean, he's no, he's no Bill Cosby. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with how much we're saying Bill Cosby's name on this episode. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But oh like, yeah. But you see, <laughs> who, who, whose name should we say? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like, I mean, it's not like he killed anybody. He's just like, I don't know. It's like he likes to break the rules. I don't know. Bill Cosby. <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> oh god uh, someone's gonna take that out of context oh i'm gonna get canceled <laughs> yep this podcast is canceled <laughs> that should be the title of the episode yeah i think it will be um yeah i don't know this whole i think i think we've done a good job of talking about this without being political i think so can you talk about cancel culture without being political or is it inherently political you know, I think we may have done it. I, th- I, th- I think you're probably right, or as, as, as apolitical as you can be. You know what? I think you're, I think we are the first people to talk about a political discussion apolitically. 
that's awesome. I think we broke a record. Call call the Guinness Book of World Records on this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You listen to this new Weezer album? Yeah, that's a good transition. We were just talking about music. It's a great transition. Um, and I'm blowing it by complimenting the transition, but I'm just so impressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the way to blow any transition. <laughs> um, okay, so this is... Okay, so can you... Okay, explain... Explain the Weezer album to me, please. <laughs> so so you, you listen to it, right? <laughs> we can't talk about that yet. We're not there yet. Because <laughs> you told me to listen to the Weezer album. And I knew last year, we talked about on this podcast, I made a joke about, I don't understand why the new Weezer album is being delayed during the pandemic. I don't understand why the virus stops you from uploading your music to the internet i don't understand this and i made a joke about how i don't understand understand why their new album which is called van weezer i don't understand why their album van weezer is being delayed we talked about this almost a year ago i remember this yeah and 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 then and and i and i also remember this was when they were announcing that they were going on tour with green day and there's that Mm -hmm. interview where they're being where Rivers Cuomo and Billy Joe Armstrong are being interviewed together, and during the interview, Billy Joe finds out that the new Weezer album is called Van Weezer. He finds out in the middle of the interview, shows how friendly these guys are, and they're going on tour <laughs> right. together. This is clearly arranged by the label, but That's okay, awesome. you know. So, so fast forward to this week, and you told me, "Hey, Tyler, listen to the new Weezer album." So today, I go on my on my Apple Music. And I go to Weezer and I see Van Weezer and I tap on it and it's not out yet. And I go, what the hell is Matt talking about? What is going on? So please explain to me what the hell is happening with Weezer. I mean, you didn't even answer my question. <laughs> so so, so as, as far as I know, uh, last last year, Van Weezer was delayed. This this is the album that they were going to release in May of 2020 in the style of like Van Halen in that like 80s style of rock music. They were going to release an album like that, and it, it got delayed indefinitely. And then like early this year, they announced, "Hey, we got this new album coming out. It's called OK Human." And everyone was like, "Well, what what about Van Weezer?" And they were like, "Oh, Van Weezer's coming out in March," but. I think they just said spring. Actually, Van Weezer's come out in spring, but we did uh we did OK Human during quarantine, and we've recorded it, and it's done, and it's ready to release. So here's OK Human, and Van Weezer comes out in a few months. Yeah, it looks like Van Weezer comes out May seventh. Okay, yeah, springtime. Um, and OK Human was released uh January twenty ninth, twenty twenty one. So okay, so this is an album that they wrote and recorded the entire thing. During the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, that, that's my understanding. And uh, I mean, a lot of the lyrics fit thematically with that. So I Yes, I noticed that. And so that answers your question. Yes, I did listen to the album today. Okay, excellent. Do you What'd want you my... think? Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I didn't love it. Hmm. I didn't really love it. It, it was good. It was, okay. it was okay, human. But... um. I felt like a lot of the songs were a little bit – well, first of all, all the songs kind of blend together, I thought. I don't know if that's by design or – I feel like I had a hard time knowing where one song ended and another song began because I thought they were all a little bit samey, 
Is that, yeah, I mean, is they it, do, is this, they is do this the wrong opinion. I can, I, uh, I can cut this out. We can re-record it, and I'll say I loved it. <laughs> no, it's fine. They do. I mean, they do transition the songs between each other very naturally. If that's sort of what you mean, like they yes. they segue into each other. Yes. Okay. So, but but I'm going to be on. But because they they segue into each other very well, which I I like that. I love when songs when albums do. I think it's very cool. But I kind of thought they all sounded very similar. Not that I didn't like the sound and the vibe of it and there were a couple songs that stood out to me but um i wasn't i wasn't in love with it i i, I i'm gonna have to cut this out because apparently this is the wrong opinion i, I, I can't no. i'm just i'm just like hearing this i'm just like wow i'm about to sound like an idiot if this is your take <laughs> why tell me so, so i i have i have so many thoughts about this so like I, so let's 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 rewind. <laughs> uh, Weezer is a very interesting band. I've I've always found them to be really fascinating, and their whole career trajectory. Like Blue Album comes out ninety four, it's a classic. Everyone loves it. Pinkerton comes out two years later, everyone hates it. But years later, people are like, "Oh wait, that was actually good. We were really hard on it when it came out." And that like. That whole, like, small timeline there really messed with Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer of the band. And it, like, it put Weezer down on this path where they were just releasing a lot of really bad music, a lot of weird music where they're, like, doing songs where he's, like, sort of rapping, and they do songs with Lil Wayne, and it's just really weird. That Weezer made two perfect albums, Blue and Pinkerton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. We, that's that's we, the... Weezer died when Matt Sharp left. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I forget. I forget the end of that joke. Weezer, Weezer didn't start till Scott Schreiner got there. <laughs> that, yeah, that's it. That's it. I knew it was, I'm putting, knew it was I'm, Schreiner. I'm putting this in notes. Yeah, this is a great SNL sketch. So, so, so then everything will be all right in the end. Comes out in 2014, like 20 years later after their after their debut album comes out and the fans are like, wait a minute, this is actually really good. And then they put out the white album, which is sort of when I got back into Weezer and I was like, Hey, this is a really good album. And they're like, they're still making good music. Cause like so many of these nineties rock bands just like make complete garbage today. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, Hey, this is, this is crazy. Weezer's making good music. And I, and I like it a lot. And then, and then, Pacific Daydream comes out and it's terrible. No, and Pacific then they do a- Daydream is not music. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, she's totally right. It's not. It's not music. And then and then the Teal album comes out, which is them doing them doing a bunch of covers, and it's like sort of fun because it's like Weezer doing covers. Like they're they they have Africa and Billie Jean on this album. It's so weird. I'm like, it's it's weird enough that like we, the fact that Weezer's doing it is really funny. And then they put out the Black Album, and the Black mm. Album sucks. Um, and so then, then Van Weezer's supposed to come out last year, and it doesn't. And I'm like, well, they released two singles for Van Weezer, and I loved these singles. I thought they were fantastic. So I was really excited. I was like, is Weezer going to be back? Are they going to be back making good music? I'm so excited. I, I, then, I okay. listened to the first single from that, from that album, The End of the Game. I really liked it, too. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great song. And so then, then OK Human comes out, and I, I like, I've like listened to this album every single day since it's come out. Practically, like I, I cannot stop listening to this. Like I, I feel like it's one, I, I feel like it's one of the best albums I've ever heard. 
<laughs> I, 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 and the fact that you're just, you're like sort of lukewarm on it makes me feel like I actually am crazy. Like I'm I'm the weird one here. But like I cannot stop listening to it. The production is incredible. The lyrics are beautiful. It's it's a new sound, but it's still got like the catchiness of Weezer that we all love. But it's it's tons of piano and tons of strings. It's just such a different change of pace, but keeps all the things you like about Weezer in it. And like I'm so frustrated because I'm like the only one who feels this way. <laughs> like I, I've rec- I've recommended this album to like several other people, and every time I do, I just get a response like, "Oh." new Weezer album? Oh, I, I guess I'll check that out. And then they never do. Or or if they do, they're like, oh yeah, it was good. And that, and that and that's like the end of the conversation. And I'm over here like, this is amazing. Like, I, I'm completely <laughs> in love with this album. And it's like, I, I can tell whenever I get into new music or like listen to an album mm. as much as I'm listening to OK Human that like, this is going down as like one of my favorite albums ever. Like, I, I think it's, it's like almost as it's maybe as good as the blue album. I think like it, it's it's that good to me. Like I I I might I might say it's perfect, and it, I can already say like it came out in January. It's probably going to be my album of the year. Maybe until Van Weezer comes out, and then that'll be my album of the year. But like I'm just completely in love with this, and no one's talking about it. But the the one the one like Fantano loved it. The needle drop on YouTube, he loved it. So I'm like, okay, at least I'm not crazy. But like. I can't believe like they're they're so late in their career that no one's listening to this, and I just want people to listen to it and appreciate that Weezer is back. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this take. Okay, so I'll agree with some of the things you said. I'll agree. The production is very good. Um, the lyrics are very good. I think Rivers is such a, a, a kind of an underrated lyricist. Uh huh. I, I like it. I like his lyrics. A lot, and I and to me, what's so fascinating about Weezer, and I think it's all Rivers, which is 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 how often they put out an album. I mean, it's it's oh, like yeah. it's like every year or two that you know they have a new album. I mean, mm-hmm. he, the the guy is just he to quote Kramer on Seinfeld. He is so prolific. Um, I just I I I really respect it, but uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't. I think part of it too is that it was just it was so different from Weezer because the thing you have neglected to mention I think on purpose is that this is not a rock album. <laughs> right, uh, right. This is this is like an orchestral album. Um mm. and I think I think I was a little bit thrown by that and it's so different from what Weezer normally does that I was uh, it, it it took a few songs, I think, for me to kind of get on board with it. By the time I got to playing my piano, I was like, "Oh, I like this one a lot." Mm-hmm. Um, screens st- stuck out to me. Uh, Bird with a Broken Wing stuck out to me. So there were a few songs on here that that jumped out at me as like, "Oh, I th- I, I like this one. I this one is good." Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry I don't I don't share your your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, but I, the other thing I do like about though also it's only it's only thirty minutes, it's half an hour. This is something oh, that I, I I feel like I would listen to this again because I, I do think there were probably a lot of things I missed, especially lyrically. Um, and also I listened to it while playing Sudoku, so it you know I, there you go. I mean, 
which is I'm still paying attention, but it, you know it's very hard to just sit and do nothing and listen to music. I mean, I, yeah, I, I gotta be playing with my hands a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't I gotta, blame you. I gotta be doing something, but um, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said about Weezer in general. I, I'm I'm just not as enthusiastic about about this album as as you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> So I, I I guess I I just like am hoping that like one person listens to this and and like explores this album and loves it as much as I do because but one of the most frustrating thing about it to me is that like I feel like it is such a good album that and I know like no one's gonna talk about it like at the end of the year when all of like the the magazines release their like top albums of the year online like it's not gonna be on any of them because who's listening to this album. <laughs> But like the, the, the just listen to some of these lyrics like how how unique the writing is on playing my piano put on some white noise double bolt the door kim jong un could blow up my city i'd never know like who who is writing lines like this i i, I that line yes that line jumped out at me it really stuck out to me it's like yeah this is this is interesting lyric writing um uh-huh that and that you know there's an not, not, I don't mean to get too away from Weezer, but I do think there's an interesting thing happening in music right now where people are writing song lyrics more, 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 maybe more literally or people are taking lyrics less seriously or they're having more fun with it. Or I feel, I feel like we're hitting a, a, a time in music where people are less afraid to just say exactly what they mean in a song. Um, I'm I'm th- I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of that song Blink One Eighty Two and you. Do you know that song? I don't think so. There, there's this song uh, from this this young girl. I don't even know the girl's name, but she has a song called Blink One Eighty Two and You, or Blink One Eighty Two Plus You, something like that. And the song is her. And the chorus is I miss the old Blink One Eighty Two and you. And I feel like I feel like ten years ago, no one would have ever wrote a song, a serious song, to be published to the world with the name of another artist in it directly referencing i, I miss this this particular artist i miss their old stuff i feel like no one would have ever written a song uh with the name of a dictator in it and, and saying oh this dictator of a of a of a insane country could blow up the world and i i mean he's directly mentioning zoom calls on this album rivers right. is directly mentioning you know I, I have a zoom call coming up or something and it's and like I mean, this is the name of a company. I mean, directly talking about, not even really shying away from the literal experience he's having. It you know, I feel I just feel like years ago people would have tried another way to say that. Oh, well, I can't I can't talk about you know Zoom calls in a song. That's that's not allowed. That's not artistic. That's not that, serious. Artists don't do that. I have to say another. I have to figure out another way to say this artistically with some metaphor so that it sounds sort of mysterious and like a serious artist. And now, uh, like like you know, Rivers is doing on this album. He's talking about North Korea and Zoom calls and being stuck at home. And my family's upstairs and I'm down here and. Uh, I I really like that that stuff a lot lyrically. I I think I I, I want to go back through and listen to this album again, just for the lyrical content of it. No, no, that, that, I think I think that's a good point. I I hadn't really thought of that um, 
how how lyrics might have changed but i th- i think phoebe bridgers is a good example of that as well where she, she yes again she has, yeah, she has a she has a line in a song that says we hate tears in heaven which is a song by eric clapton and then right. and then when she plays that song live she just says we hate eric clapton that's it's, funny it's such a direct reference to something which is yeah may, maybe that is new to today i i think it's i think it's new um and and i i like it a lot um but yeah, but getting you know, getting back to OK Human, the new Weezer album, I you know, I didn't I didn't hate it. It's just such an interesting it's just a, such a different direction. And also River's voice is like so unmistakable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I I am I I almost wonder was I was like oh does his voice work with an orchestra behind him <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know if <laughs> it's right, like, like yeah. it's it's so different from I'm so used to hearing him in a, in one context that this is just so so different um but I'll I'm going to I'll give it another listen I'll give it another listen and and tell you you know how I feel on a, on a second or third listen Yeah please do please do and I I think uh I I think what's so interesting about him doing something completely different with an orchestra is that like they're the only band that's doing this like like fallout boy blink 182 and green day they're well more so green day and blink i think they they like try and make the exact same music today that they did 20 years ago and it sucks <laughs> like it, it's just it's just they haven't done anything new in years everyone's bored of it that it's the same sound isn't as good anymore it's not in style and Weezer's over here, like doing experimental shit. I'm like, this this is interesting. They're they're staying with they're not staying with the times, but they're they're still on the cutting edge of doing something a little bit different than what they're known to do. Uh, I would push back a little bit on the Green Day thing because I do think the latest Green Day album is very pretty different from what they've normally done, and I think it is a little more experimental. That being said, it's a piece of shit album. The album fucking sucks. Okay, right. I mean, I've listened to maybe two songs from it, and and I, and I heard those, and I'm like, okay, if this is representative of the album, I'm not interested in this at all. And right. no one I've seen has liked this album. I mean, I remember when the when that Green Day album came out, and people were like, oh, this this album is so bad. There must be another secret album. <laughs> right. I mean, people were that was like, hilarious. there were conspiracy theories of like, oh no, no, this is not the real next album. They must have something else, right? Because this is such a piece of dog shit. And nothing ever came out. Although I think I had an email today or yesterday that they, they came out with a new song, and I was just like, delete the email. I do not care. Don't even want to hear it. <laughs> like, so in some ways, uh, you know, there are other bands doing things that are a little bit more outside of their normal box. However, uh, at least in the case of Green Day, not a successful experiment. Yeah. Whereas this is actually pretty good. I again, I was not in. I, I was not immediately in love with it, but it was like I was like, this is this is interesting, and I can listen to this. This is not unlistenable. Did you did you did you know that as soon as you put this on, like that you were in love with this? It is just a love at first sight for you. Love at first listen for you. Uh, not, not, not quite. I think, I think the first listen, it like grabbed my interest enough. I was like, huh, okay, this is kind of different. And then I, and then I put it on again and then I just didn't stop putting it on. So I, usually I, I don't fall in love with something after the very first listen, but a- after like three or four, I was all in. Let, let, let me just give you a few more, a few more lyrical gems Please. from this album. 
She is my mirror image, showing me who I am. Until the day that we shatter, she helps me understand. Like th- this is that's like the best poem I've ever heard. Like it's <laughs> it's it's so nice and heartwarming and beautiful. Like I can't believe how good he still is. Yeah, I mean um, that's interesting that you said that you didn't fall in love with it immediately, but then put it on again because I I. I feel, and maybe this is just different in how we listen to music, but I feel like I did would not have I did not think to do that. Whereas you didn't fall in love with it immediately, but still said I want to listen to it. Again. Is that a normal thing you do, where you hear an album and if it's at least pretty good, you'll listen to it a second or third time? Is that a thing you normally do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I normally always listen to an album at least twice, unless I just unless I just completely hate it the first time. I'll usually always check something out twice because. Uh, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a movie where I could watch a movie once and say, okay, seven out of 10. I, I, unless, unless I'm just like, like eyes shut in a dark room, only listening to this album and doing nothing else, which never happens. Like, I I don't think I could give an album a score like that after just one listen. Okay. Fair enough. You get another lyrical gem for me. Yeah. I I think this is the, I think this is the last one I want to hit. This is the. The, the chorus on the last song, which is La Brea Tar Pits, and he ends, he ends the album saying, because I'm sinking in the La Brea Tar Pits and I don't want to die because there's still, still so much to give. I'm sinking. Could you give me a lift? Want to make an escape, but don't know where to begin. And this is like, this is what bothers me so much about this album. Uh, he's, he's ending the album saying, like, our career is going down. No one's listening to it anymore, but I still have so much to give and no one's paying attention. I'm sinking. Give me a lift. Help me out. Listen to this. Help us continue to make more music and get people to listen to us because I still feel like I've got a lot to offer in terms of music, but no one cares anymore. And like, I, I just want to, I just want to write him like a handwritten letter saying how much I love this album. Like people are still listening to you. And like, I, I'm just completely in love with this. I hope that you know that your music is still connecting with people because it, it feels like I'm the only one right now. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Oh, I didn't even get to the saddest part. Um, that that he sings that chorus that's the last lyric on the album and then the album ends with a little instrumental outro where he plays the first few notes of sweater undone the sweater song on piano oh, that's like, what is that this was. the is this the only thing i'm going to be remembered for it's oh my god it's incredible oh my god all right, I'm gonna have now. I feel bad. I gotta go. I'm gonna, now I'm gonna go listen again. <laughs> right, right. There's so much here, and I'm like the only. I'm like screaming from the rooftops. Like, listen to this. This is amazing. And no, no one else. No one else will listen. I don't get it. All right. Well, again, in my defense, I listened once. Even you didn't feel this way after the first listen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being hard on you. More so. More so the other people that I've just like I, I, that I've told them to listen to this, and they're like Weezer. Why do you still listen to them? And then they never do. Yeah, I mean, Weezer is one of those bands that is always a little bit on my radar because I feel like they've always been kind of... I don't want to say they've always been hit or miss, but I feel like they, at least at least up until like everything will be all right in the end, 
every album has at least a couple of good songs. Yeah. I mean, Blue and Pinkerton are obviously, you know, really great albums. Um, but, like, even the Green Album has a couple of good songs. Okay, maybe not Maladroit, but, like, Make Believe's got a couple. Red Album, I thought, has a, has a few good songs on there. Yeah. Ratitude, Hur- Hurley's got maybe one or two. Um, and then the White Album, you made me listen to that one a couple years ago, I think. Um, and and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is this is really good. Yeah, everything on Bill Ray in the end, is that... Oh, I oh I remember this album. This was this was the last album that like I was following Weezer. This was mm-hmm. the this was the last album where I was like, oh, new Weezer, I'm gonna listen to it immediately. And then I think I didn't love it. I think I loved the single "Back to the Shack," but then I didn't love the rest of the album. And then I kind of stopped paying attention. And of course, the White Album was right after that, which is really good. So yeah, they're one of those bands where I I I first of all. I keep tabs on them a little bit because they do have some good songs. Not, I don't. I feel like, I feel like they're not a band that I think has ever made like a perfect album, or at least not since like their first early couple. And even then, I don't think I even know them that well to say they're perfect albums for me. But um, I always like at least some of their songs, and so I always want to kind of keep tabs on them a little bit. But the other reason I find Weezer so fascinating is, like we keep talking about, is Rivers himself. Because he, the guy is such a weirdo that I find him fascinating. Like, I, like I remember, probably you know, in high school, I learned that I learned how he writes his lyrics. That he he developed his own formula for writing song lyrics. Like, like he, like he approached songwriting as like as like a mathematics problem, and he's like, oh, I just have to like solve it. If I can, if I if I I can develop a formula, like almost like a template that i can like feed my ideas through this formula and out comes song lyrics and i believe there are even like b-sides or demos and things of songs that are completely meaningless and and he that he admits like don't have any meaning to i didn't write i didn't have anything in mind this is it's just me playing with my formula just experimenting with this system that i came up with for how to write lyrics and that is something i find fascinating because you always hear about artists talking about like oh i just speak from the heart and i just had to like feel and the lyrics just flowed out of me and i just like they just came from my heart and soul and rivers is like i have a formula and that's what that's (laughs) how i write good songs and and like computer right and like okay like and not every i don't love every song but i i find him interesting and i mean am i wrong (laughs) no no i mean on I think I think I've heard on those lines because he has this formula. He has like hundreds of unreleased songs. Yes, and I mean I, I'm I'm sure most of them are garbage. Right. And he 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 probably knows that too. But just the fact that you've got like hundreds sitting somewhere that you could release if you wanted to, it's pretty nutty. Yeah, and and I think and this is why this is how they can put out an album every other year, or in the case of of 2019 and 2021, two albums a year. I mean, this is this is how they do it. He's got a formula. He's got a system. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm at the point like this. This album came out, and like, I'm ready to say that like Weezer isn't a band that I like anymore. They're like one of my favorite bands ever now. Like that, they've they've like broken into that tier for me. I think. Wow. I'm so I'm so happy for them. Wow, that is that is interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I went through a Weezer phase. In high school, which is, I think, why everything will be all right in the end is the last 
album I kept I was like aware of and I'm going to listen to it the second it came out because it because 2014 I was only a couple years out of high school uh and then after that I just kind of fell off of being really and I just kind of stopped being super into music and so um that is interesting okay so so rank your Weezer albums go Oh my god! Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know all of them well enough. All right, well, give, uh, give, I'm, 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 you know, being dramatic, but give me a few yeah, of your yeah. favorite. What, what are the ones that stick out, or what are the songs that stick out? Do you? I mean, I don't know, because again, I personally feel like Weezer is one of those bands where no album is like 100 percent flawless. I love every song, but every album's got a few great hits. I don't yeah, know. Do you feel yeah. differently? Uh, no, no, I, I think I think that's accurate, and. uh as far as rankings go, I would say probably, probably blue or okay human. That's that's like one A and one B, and then then I would probably go the white album, then Pinkerton, and then Green album. After that, I don't know the rest of the albums well enough. But let's see. I mean, e- even the black album has a good song. It's, what's the, the song "Can't Knock the Hustle"? Like the rest of the album isn't good, but that one that one's pretty damn good. Then "Pork and Beans" is of course a classic, and that one's that that one's got like the best music video they've ever done, probably. "Pork um, and Beans" is a fantastic music video. Yeah, it's my the YouTube rewind before YouTube that, rewind. That was my joke. Damn it, Dwight! <laughs> I think I stole that from you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great album. I mean, great, great, great song. I don't know if it's a great album, but it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. green, green is in your top like five. You said. Yeah, I would. I would say so. I like the green album a lot. I mean, that's got. I mean, you got hash pipe. You got island in the sun. Hmm. Uh, that's about I like, all. I, I like crab a lot. That's such a weird. song. I don't even know that one. That's funny. But I mean, like, uh, they're so good about just like. 10 songs 30 minutes like that's that's like almost every album which is so nice like i there's nothing worse than like a 19 song album that's like an hour and 20 minutes i'm like please shoot me in the face i do not want to listen to this i mean you you mean you got to be doing something really special to have an album yeah it, I mean, it's got to like, be incredible right like pink floyd's the wall is allowed to do sure that. yeah of course of course yeah i like what you said about like weezer it's always like you know roughly 30 maybe 40 minutes 10 songs i i was actually i was surprised to see that okay human is 12 songs i was like don't they usually do 10 this is breaking tradition, isn't it? Like, right. This is breaking the rules. Did you ever listen to Death to False Metal? Uh, no, I don't think I ever did. I I did because again, I had a phase where I got really into Weezer, and this this is their like B sides album. Oh, um, interesting. Let's see. Several previously unreleased tracks throughout Weezer's co- career, with Cuomo stating the songs together make an album that should logically follow Hurley. I'm not totally sure what that means. But, no um, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great because it's like, well, they, you know, they're unreleased for a reason. But they did have a cover of uh, Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. <laughs> really? <laughs> that, I, that I really like. Because I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool because it's like, you know, it's a good song, but then they're doing it in like a, in like a Weezer-y kind of way. I just I thought it was interesting. Um, so that... That song I always thought that was kind of interesting that they that they did that. Yeah, they always do such a they always do such weird stuff like that. They they, they seem like a very self aware and into like the internet and meme culture. Yes, and they, again, that's interesting. 
Because especially when you contrast that to a band that I used to say was one of my favorites, Green Day, and how they're so clearly uh, out of the zeitgeist and just have just whatever whatever's the opposite of having your finger on the pulse. Like that's Green Day, right? <laughs> right. You know, whereas Rivers is like, let's do, you know, let's have an entire music video of just internet celebrities back in 2008. Like that's so... That seems so early. Like, they were on it. Yeah, totally. I love that they have an album called Hurley. That is so funny. I know. I know. This is the weirdest band. <laughs> You're right. You're right. They're insane. You know, did you know they were originally, um, Hurley was originally going to be another self-titled album? Oh, really? And then and then they decided, um, you, you know what? Why would we do that? Everyone's just going to call it the Hurley album anyway. Let's just call it Hurley. <laughs> That's what everyone's going <laughs> to call it. That's smart. I mean... I don't know. I don't know if this is true or if this is a joke that you made. That like Weezer had a cruise and they just called it the Weezer cruise. <laughs> I don't. Is I don't know true? if that's true or not. But but it, it might have been like if Weezer had a cruise, they would just call it the Weezer cruise. Uh, no, this is real. February thirteenth to seventeenth, twenty fourteen, Florida to the Bahamas. Wow. Yeah. This was this was a real thing. Yeah. There's there's no clever name or anything like that. It's just the Weezer cruise. <laughs> right it's not like parahoy where they yeah. work the band's name into some marine themed no it's just the weezer cruise like there's don't something... overthink anything <laughs> you're right it's like it, it it's so simple that it becomes funny you're right yeah yeah I mean, well, i'm like they've got three four five they've got six self-titled albums right it's hilarious who does this this is, this is the weirdest band like I I, th- I think of Muse as a pretty weird band, but in some ways Weezer is is even weirder. I mean, just just look up the cover of the Teal album. Just look on, at this. Look see. at what they're wearing. <laughs> this, is, this is their covers album. <laughs> they're wearing like these really goofy suits and shirts. Like, what the hell is happening? You're right. It's insane. I love it. Weezer released a Teal Velcro wallet. With the first hundred copies, including a dollar bill sign of the band members, the Velcro wallet sold out, so Weezer included a second promotional bundle with a teal Rubik's Cube. What? This is awesome. This band is insane. <laughs> the more I learn about them, the more I love it. All right. Well, that's it. All right. So I, all right, I got some homework then. I'm gonna, I, the homework is listen to this. Listen to OK Human again. Listen to this every day for the last month like I've done. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going that far. Although I could. It's only half an hour be perfect for my my commute home exactly i was i i thought about making a joke that i i listened i did the homework matt and i listened to the album okay computer just like you told me to right (laughs) that that would have been great i think you would have been mad at me (laughs) oh yeah I, i needed to get this out i've been thinking about this for so long